Hey everyone, welcome to part two of Suffer Buffer. Thanks for uh, suffering through this two-part episode. <laughs> suffering, see the, <clears throat> sorry, stupid joke. I'll just uh, pick up right where we left off. Thanks guys. Here's a part that I had to share. He segues. So remember, this is 2016. This is three years after the church published the Gospel Topics essays. And this was the time period when the shit started hitting the fan. And some members, that small portion of active membership that found out about the Gospel Topic essays and could actually figure out the 12 deep clicks to, <laughs> to find them <laughs> on the website, they got pissed. And so this is what he says. He segues in his talk here. Well, even the church itself experiences suffering. Check uh, this out. Listen no, to how he shit. frames this. The church in its divine mission and we in our personal lives seem to face increasing opposition today. Perhaps as the church grows in strength and we members grow in faith and obedience, Satan increases the strength of his opposition, so we will continue to have opposition in all things. Pausing there Look, for a moment. I hope it doesn't go away. I mean, God, uh, yeah, we got to continue to have it. So that kind of segues into that historical perspective oh, of the LDS yeah. church that they've been persecuted from day one, including Joseph Smith's arrest as a glass looker that was persecution and it never stopped all the way into the valley and it didn't stop when we got here and it still goes on today and it's all part of god's plan his chosen people must endure chastisement it boggles my mind because you look at the history of the church and the things they were persecuted I mean, anyone who says they weren't persecuted, they can say that if they want. But there was a lot of persecution on the early saints. But as a, a member of the church, you only are told to focus on that. Yeah. And when you look at the bigger picture, when you actually do actual research and study, ooh, ooh, ooh. you Jeez. will understand uh -oh. that although it's not justified what the member, the early members of the church went through, they were not the only ones being persecuted. They were causing persecution. They were doing things that were extremely, extremely wrong. And yeah. of course, when the church's narrative throughout the years just kind of takes that part out and just goes, well, look what happened. Mm. Look what the saints went through mm. because they believed in the gospel. That, I mean, that's gaslighting at its best. And yeah. that's... Yeah, and they, suffering. Even, even I'm oh, sure man. they were doing it to the members during that time of of going, yeah. "Hey, you're suffering for Christ's sake," and it's like, "Oh, if hell they knew yes. what Joseph hell and yes. the top leaders were doing." And if they they saw that, it's like, well, "Oh, if they knew how I mean, the and, it, and the fact that they brought it for the most part upon themselves." That's the irony. Yeah, yeah that's the irony. If it, you look at how the saints treated the locals when they moved into certain areas, and how some of the saints in the most romantic celebrated sufferings of the church history in the March West to Zion. The most celebrated sufferings came from the most stupid decisions <laughs> that pioneers or people on long treks have ever made. Yes. Yep. 
And we could go into an entire episode, and we should probably do one on the yeah. Pioneer experience. It's, it's worthy it's, of it uh, because it it's, uh, yeah. again, I wouldn't say this generation and even the most recent generation before this one had it ingrained into them. It's diminishing, but for several, I'd say five generations, that was mormonism that was as big as jesus christ died for you on the cross we have been persecuted joseph and hiram died that was a tenant of the religion yeah, yeah. would people and, have done yeah. this as members and would people like joseph have done it as leaders if it wasn't true and the answer is yes <laughs> yes and yeah. people, people do, yeah. and people yeah. have, and yeah. people still will for cults. And that's another episode topic that we're going to do. Is, is Coupled with the suffering and why it becomes so toxic in the church's culture and teachings is because underneath that all, there is a sense of elitism. You're more elite. Yeah. Yes. You've earned your stripes. Chosen. You're chosen by God to go through this suffering. And so even within that suffering, you think you're better in that suffering. Absolutely. You you think right. that you're bearing the cross. It's like a, it's kind of like a Christ complex. You're like, I'm I'm bearing Christ's oh, cross. Definitely, definitely. There's and no God doubt is about it. Yeah. Rewarding me and I'm better. Yeah, I'm you, better. My you, suffering is more holy than than yours. For sure. You yeah, I, I alluded to that earlier, and that is absolutely, you know, the whole, again, peculiar people, chosen people, mm-hmm. that whole thing. And so you quietly suffer because you can't be prideful. You have to be humble and no one really knows what I've done and what I've gone through. And yeah. Jesus Christ and all the weeping at the pulpit on fast Sundays. Uh, ah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I got to get some Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> <laughs> no, you earn, you earn the stripes on your shoulder by the stripes on your back. That's, mm. that's a major yeah. philosophy. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, that's great. Um, and, no doubt, Mitch, folks like Neil A. Maxwell were very well known for giving mm-hmm. talks about the concept you touched on of keep in mind, folks, remember that verse in the Doctrine and Covenants? I used to point this verse out a lot, right? Where Joseph is complaining in prison, and rightly so, right? And then God says, dude, the Son of Man, Jesus, right, hath descended below all these things. Are you better than him? In other words, are you so good that you shouldn't have to undertake any suffering? Jesus took all suffering. And so this concept, and Maxwell and others really rode this pony, this concept of, remember, when you're suffering, it brings you that much closer to Christ because he suffered everything. So if you suffer intensely, well, there's a little smidgen more of understanding within you now about what Jesus went through. Yes. And, and you're like, oh, yes. wow, I'm, I'm a little tiny bit more like Jesus now because... So yeah, that definitely was taught, definitely. Why I brought up yeah. this segment, guys, and I, I realize I just shared a piece of it, and I'll share a couple more snippets here, is and he couches it in words like may... If you cut, it may be, blah, 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 right? Well, this is when the church, like I said, is being lambasted by 
is, uh, is that even a word? Lamb blasted? Lamb basted. Nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lamb. Come on, Jimbo. Where yeah. was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The audience beat him to the punch. Lamb basted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> about, about the gospel topic essays and stuff. And so he's going to tell you right here. That the church is getting stronger, which is why the opposition's getting stronger. Incidentally, the opposition in this case is people questioning the church's history. And leaving. Because that's kind of opposition, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, incidentally, the church is not getting stronger. So this whole little facade here in his talk is really quite sickening. But let's, let's mm. finish it up here. Some of this opposition even comes from church members. Some who use personal reasoning or wisdom to resist prophetic direction give themselves a label borrowed from elected bodies, the loyal opposition. However appropriate for a democracy, there's no warrant for this concept in the government of God's kingdom, where questions (laughs) are honored, but opposition is not. There you go. Why don't you just shut the fuck up? Questions that guy are honored. is pissing me off. Questions are I honored, mean, but opposition good. is not. Oh. What does that mean? What's that another way of saying? Questions are honored, <sighs> but the opposition is not. You God can ask questions, it. but you better like our fucking answers. I don't know. Yeah, him him and Lizard Man and, yeah. and fucking Jowl. That right and, there. Oh, and that's... I, that's that's one of the best tactics that church leaders use when they give talks. Yeah, is if you notice, I mean, even even this talk, I haven't listened to the whole thing here, obviously, but even with the snippets that you've shared, Mike, they're true principles to humanity. He'll start pointing out things like, "Hey, look, trials happen," and I'm going to say things that relate with Christianity as well and Christ and all this flowery, wonderful language and poetry about suffering and how it brings us closer to God. And then he turns around and he gaslights and he manipulates and he goes, by the way, opposition from us can come from you guys if you start using your brains. So be careful, be careful because there's only one way. There's only one way to God and this is the way. And no matter how much you might think you're enlightened, don't go against us. It's basically a threat and it's so manipulative. And it's the same pattern, apologetic pattern that, you know, I, I missed it. I have to profess that as an active member, I saw some things like, well, that kind of sounds like what numbnuts over here just said yeah. and elder so-and-so over here just said, but I, nope, I didn't really see it. It's really kind of the same fucking talk yeah, over and it, it over and, and over. You guys caught this phrase that he used, you know, some who use personal reasoning or wisdom to resist <laughs> I love how he said this. Check this out. Some who yep. use personal reasoning or wisdom to resist prophetic direction. Listen now. To that. Why is personal reasoning and wisdom in opposition? There's the word to prophetic wisdom. Shouldn't they match up? 
Yeah. No, because what he's referring to, I believe, is also another thing they love to use is the natural man. Of course. A natural man is of- an enemy to God. So any yeah. any wisdom that goes again, and that's such an easy tactic to use. It's so easy to, to be, you know, you yeah. could, so any of us, us three could, we could walk up to Oaks and be like, listen, through lots of study and lots of experience, mm-hmm. I've come to know for myself that this church isn't true. And he would say, you're relying on your wisdom. Your you must, personal wisdom. Your personal wisdom, which can be a detriment to your eternal salvation. It's yeah. just, man, it, yeah. it, it's it's So it, it, it's the most <laughs> clever way of getting away with saying, fuck you, without using those words. Yeah. And basically it, saying, yeah, fuck you. It literally, <laughs> it literally is, and this is why it is a cult. It literally is an abusive, a severely abusive relationship. Yeah, it is. Because any other relationship, whether you had it with a business or a family member or a partner, anyone that does that, that basically implies that you cannot rely on your own smarts and your own intuition mm-hmm. to get answers that you have to rely on them, that you're no better than them. Cult. That's it. It's cult. It's abusive. That it, If anyone was in any kind of a relationship mm-hmm. other than the church, they would be like, this is abusive. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. But with the church, it's just the blinders are on. It's like, yeah. nope, nope. I can't think for myself here. I, I can think for myself. But once it pushes that boundary where I'm thinking for myself beyond what the prophets tell me to then i better stop because i don't know any better (laughs) that's the summary right there right the litmus test for a good member of the church is are your personal beliefs and opinions about these topics right whatever topic here are they Mm -hmm. in line with what the brethren say if they're not period then period. you are in error. And, and, if they and are, by the way, it's the living brethren, that's not right. not living any brethren. of the past ones or any even even the scriptures that we espouse. Right. It better be pretty much current with the last few conference talks. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then the linchpin of the logic. So they take it from there. Oh, good. You're listening to the brethren. Incidentally, the brethren are synonymous with God. That's the linchpin. So that's how you follow God. You follow the brethren. That's synonymous. And we know this. And so suffering, therefore, comes as like (laughs) this. That's where the the elitist attitude comes back of like, I am so happy to suffer for this church, to suffer for teaching the true gospel when in reality you take any principle you argue with a member today and say, hey, homosexuality is not a sin. And they will say, stop persecuting my beliefs. So it's ingrained in yeah. every member. Because yeah. I see this all the time. They say, stop persecuting my beliefs. I'm suffering. You're persecuting my religion. When I'm not, I'm standing up for the LGBTQ community, for the blacks, for the women. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and everyone. And, and it's so funny that they. It's a badge you, of that's honor. That's where it bleeds. Down. Yeah. It's just like suffering. suddenly they're suffering. It's yeah. you're, I'm you're persecuting well, my beliefs, and it's like, do you not understand how <laughs> gaslighting works? <laughs> I'm confused because I I don't understand why people don't 
see how much I enjoy smashing my thumb with a hammer. <laughs> I don't understand why they... I love it because it feels so good when I stop. <laughs> that's that's I'm, true. Come on. But just don't do it too much. Just a little here oh, and there. Oh, okay. Moderation. When moderation. The prophet, when the prophet uh, says that you're good, then you've passed well, the and test. And then the badge of honor again, back to your point. Yeah, when all of, the, all of your phalanges are hanging on the floor and whatever the <laughs> analogy is, for fuck's sakes. I think of Opus Dei, that group that whipped themselves. I might have mm. brought this up before, so I don't want to belabor that but they use the flagellums and whip themselves yeah, on the self, back self because that's what yeah. makes jesus happy yeah where mitch got that <laughs> wrong in your study of that mitch that you were sharing with me a while back you started diving instead of into self-flagellation self-flatulation mm. oh that yeah. can be just as deadly yeah that was uh, but it's more fun it's more fun yeah. well you get yeah you get the all right. Audio effects. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, yes. On that note, uh, excuse me, <laughs> guys. The church is facing opposition because of its true history coming out, and you need to take that badge of honor upon yourself as a believing member as well. And so, let's sum this piece up because it's pretty classic here. As another example. There are many things in our early church history, such as what Joseph Smith did or did not do in every circumstance, that some use as a basis for opposition. To all, I say, exercise faith and put reliance oh, on the Savior's God. teaching that we should know them by their fruits. The church is making great efforts to be transparent with the records we have. But after all we can publish, our members are sometimes left with basic questions that cannot be resolved by study. So what are they supposed to do with these questions they can't resolve, they resolve by study? By faith. Here we go. This is what they're supposed <laughs> to do. Ridiculous. Hold on, hang on. This oh is what they're my supposed God. to do with those questions. That is the church history version of opposition in all things. Um Okay, what? <laughs> the fact that you can't get an answer from studying the church history is part of your opposition, don't you see? It, <laughs> it's not troubling. It's just designed that way to feel like opposition. So how should you deal with that? Some I, I things love, can love, only be learned by he, faith. He, right, faith, of course. Yes. I love how he digs his own hole for himself. Grave, yeah. He makes his own, his, makes his own trap because he, he literally goes... By their fruits, you shall know yeah, them. Yeah, thank you. And it's like, okay, well, <laughs> yep. all right, let's go look at Joseph Smith let's and Brigham Young. Look at let's the, the, low hang, the low early saints fruit. and their fruits yeah. and see yeah. what yeah. you know what <laughs> that was all about. And then you can tell me because yeah. that's exactly why. Yeah. That's exactly why members are leaving. It's not because Joseph Smith randomly said crazy shit one day. It's because he said crazy shit and he did crazy shit. It was the and he did. did. Very and, bad things. And it was substantive. It wasn't a blip as yeah, it sometimes was described. Continuous. Exactly. It was exactly. It was throughout the yeah. whole history. Yes. And it's still and that's that's why it's toxic, is because yeah. I think a lot of members 
separate. They go, oh, the church today, that was the history, but this is the church today. Mm -hmm. And they are one and the same. They still practice by their fruits, you shall know them. That's right. They still practice manipulation, gaslighting. They're still trying to control their members. They're still dealing dishonestly and not being completely honest. They're still gaslighting. They're still telling their members one thing while doing something else. And he said they were trying to be transparent. (laughs) Very funny. Did you notice? Very funny. It reminds me of the Indiana Jones where they fall in the water. (laughs) Oh, very funny. I mean, it's just fucking ridiculous. Did you notice the disclaimer? I, I, Oh, my God. A disclaimer Hang on. that he put on the end? No, With the fuck. records we have. <laughs> oh. That little disclaimer. Now, well, let's not look at those other records. What records do you have today? And what records did you admit that you had five years ago? Ten years Ten ago. Ten years ago. Twenty years 20. ago. And if we want to be really honest, Mr. Oaks, yeah. is it you who's being transparent or are you forced to address things because your members have more balls than you to actually be transparent Yeah, go. and bring things out of the dark? And then suddenly, here we are faced with general authorities losing all composure, trying to pick up the pieces that they themselves left. Here's, it's just... Yeah. yeah. And, and what actually happens is every time they address the membership in a general conference talk their balls shrink a little bit more because <laughs> <laughs> it's cold in there is that oh no because they're goddamn cowards yes <laughs> oh oh yes. oh that, yes there you go. the ball shrinkage has been pronounced so here's a little tidbit guys because wait a minute of all these types of suffering that we talked about, especially the suffering in the world, like natural disasters and stuff, can we at least go there? And can we not ask the question, can't God stop a little bit of that? And here's what Hoax says about that. Ready? fuck. Can't God stop a little bit of this? God rarely infringes on the agency of any of his children by intervening against some for the relief of others. But he does ease the burdens of our afflictions and strengthen us to bear them, as he did for Alma's people in the land of Helam. He does not prevent all disasters, but he does answer our prayers, as he did with the uniquely powerful cyclone that threatened to prevent the dedication of the temple in Fiji. I'm going to pause there for a second. Sacred science, mishaps and flukes that are attributed to God. And if you were to go read as a listener the article on the Fiji temple, I think it was rededication, actually, not dedication. Maybe it was dedication. Anyway, whatever. Mm -hmm. You would find folks, and this is what really pisses me off about the Fiji temple example, and he's going to give you another example at the end here of this snippet. In the Fiji temple cyclone that came through there when they were trying to dedicate the temple and they went forward and they dedicated it anyway and oh, Hmm. life was good and they were protected. Hundreds of people died in that cyclone, okay? And Hoax is praising here a God who killed a hundred hapless little motherfuckers 
but protected a small group of people so they could dedicate the temple. Wow. Okay, and that pisses me off. And he's that sounds you, like the Third Reich or yeah, some. Yeah, he's going to give you another like example. Here we go. Listen to this one. Or he does blunt their effects, as he did with the terrorist bombing that took so many lives in the Brussels airport, but only injured our four missionaries. Oh, you fucker! Oh, fuck you! Isn't that nice? Sorry. Wow. Oh, nice. this is me off. There is me off. There's the God. Damn it. Yeah. We're sometimes better. God. Sometimes oh, God shows His hand. Man. Do you think chosen. He, Do you think He would help any of those dozens and dozens of people who blew up uh, in the Brussels bombing? Those poor motherfuckers. Uh, no, no. But the four missionaries. Well, they were just injured. See, I don't they were know. just injured. God bore his hand. He showed who he cares about. Yeah. Right? I'm just a weak mortal. I want to punch him in the fucking mouth. Yeah. I'm with you, bro. I'm sure you're really? not the only one, David. <laughs> I, I, you know, that, Here's that's the pretty final rough. Note. Here's the final note. Well. Yeah, because we could do five episodes on that bullshit right there with the Fiji Temple mm-hmm. and the Brussels bombing. Here's final note on how we should, what we should learn about suffering. Through all mortal opposition, we have God's assurance that he will consecrate our afflictions for our gain. No. We have also been taught to understand our mortal experiences and his commandments in the context of his great plan of salvation, which tells us the purpose of life and gives us the assurance of a savior in whose name I testify of the truth of these things, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, amen, brother. Oh, amen, amen, brother. I'm not amen in that, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, we make a joke at work, one of my buddies, a couple of us, about the stupid shit that goes on because everybody has stupid shit at work where it's like mm-hmm. really what the hell is this and we always refer to but they have a master plan there's a great plan behind it all which is <laughs> obviously a joke because it's just fucking stupid and that's what i have to say about this idea of a plan mr d hoax even as an active member i could have been happy with a lot of that talk back in the day and then when he mentioned the Fiji cyclone and the no, Brussels bombing, no. I probably would have gotten very uncomfortable. Yeah, even when and, I was active. And and the, the and know, it's I, I think, Yeah, elitism. yeah. I think I I think this is another topic that we could really dive into on another episode of, of this elite uh, elitism. No doubt um, about it. There, I think President Nelson the same kind of thing because it goes hand in hand with the suffering complex. Um, I think he told a story recently about he was on an airplane and they were experiencing higher than usual turbulence. And there was this one spot of turbulence where the plane began to violently shake. And he explains that everyone around him was in complete panic and he could tell that the woman next to him was afraid for her life, that there were people that, they thought they were going to die. And he said he, was, at that time, was so calm and so collected because he was ready to meet his maker. 
And that pissed me off. Isn't that great? I was for like, you. yeah, you son are of a you bitch. kidding me? You're yeah. so great. Let's all praise you for being calm in the face of death. What a and and when people shit. around you are panicking yeah. and yeah. their lives, they think their lives are ending and you're like, Hey guys, Remember that time that the plane almost crashed and everyone was freaking out, but I didn't. Let's all recognize that for just a second. It sounds it's imagine so the terrible. scene. Imagine the scene of him and the camera zooms up, right? And you've got people screaming, panicking, you know, mothers trying and fathers trying to console their little kids, friends trying to mm-hmm. console each other. You know, the stewardess is starting to cry, looking nervous, buckling themselves in. You, you're showing this, you know, crazy thing. And the camera zooms over to his face and he has this smug little comfortable grin. Like everybody else on that fucking plane, fuck you, you pieces of shit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's just that. I mean, elitist, are you fucking kidding me? Elitist attitude, Mike, and God. it bleeds down into the members. Like that's that's why I think we should ha- just have a whole episode on this because we have talked about it. All in the family was that it? All in the family. Mm, I'll have to check it out. I yeah, I'll have to yep. remember on that. We're um, we're the family, meaning of course membership in the church, and it's this one elite family. All in the family was we're the chosen one. ones. We're the peculiar people. We're you know mm-hmm. God's special uh, from the foundations of the world, based on your previous yeah. excellence in a in some life before this world. Uh, All in the family uh, was about nepotism. Bro, that was that. Whole yeah, yeah, and that as well. Yeah, it's part of it. But yeah, elitism goes further than that. I'm going to share three little clips, Mitch, that would probably be spoilers for you because this is from the very last episode of Preacher. Ooh. And Jesse Custer finally has the opportunity. It's a little spoiler to even mention this, but it's not bad enough. I, I don't feel bad mentioning it. He finally has the opportunity to talk with God. Okay face-to-face. And so what would you ask God, right, when you're there? And these are three little clips. So you're welcome, Mitch, to, uh, you know, fade out for (laughs) 30 seconds or something. I don't know Uh, if you don't want spoilers. That's okay. Yeah, I don't think it kills the whole episode by any means. No, don't worry. I'll still watch it. But uh, so here he is. He's sitting down with God. And this is, there's three little clips here, right? One of them is why the suffering of innocence, right? Here's this little clip. I have so many questions. (laughs) Ask. Uh, I mean, kids with cancer. Suffering is a great teacher. It gives a person strength. Or it kills you. And teaches strength to those left behind. Right? Okay. There's the one little clip. Here's Jesse's personal message from God on suffering. Ready for this one? Here's what I want you to know. And it might be difficult to understand, but the moment that I let your father die and each and every single moment of your life that followed was an expression of my love. Yeah. Oh, 
you're just getting me excited to see the end of this because I already can figure out what's happening. So here's here's what Jesse says at the end, right? So it's an expression of my love, all this shit that you've had to go through, Jesse Custer. I love you, Jesse Custer. Do you believe me? Good. Now, it's your turn to say it back. <laughs> say you love me. Your great design is being love, right? That's it, That that's the why. I gave you pain, I gave you joy, your family, that happiness that you feel, that was my idea. You know, whenever I imagined this moment, it was just like this. We'd talk, you'd answer my questions. I'd hear about my dad and you'd help me understand. What will be is what has always been. I will go back to heaven. And all you need to do is say it. Get it, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I understand. God. I understand that we would all be better off without a needy little bitch like you around. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Ain't that the truth? Oh, yeah. And that's, yeah, I love that. And that perfectly sums up what we've been talking about. What kind of God is up there saying, hey, the pain that I'm giving you is because I love you. Mm-hmm. All right, I love you, so let me let me give you this pain so that you can learn. Again, apply that to any domestic relationship. Yeah. If a father or a mother was doing that to their kid, would we be like, no, oh, yeah, he's right, it's true. God does that to me, so let's let him beat the kid. <laughs> like that's, it's just bullshit. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst kind of gaslighting, right? It's it's the worst yeah. kind of... Because we know in our heart of hearts, we don't deserve that. We aren't relegated to just a piece of shit, a tool that needs to be constantly refined until the day we die, until hopefully and that, that, that yeah. second in our lives when we have almost suffered enough to become what God wants us to be, right? And it's the worst kind of gaslighting... Though that kind of teaching and, and yeah. conditioning, it's the worst kind because it's one of the most detrimental to your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It makes you doubt yourself. Yeah. It makes you question yourself. It makes you gaslight yourself. Yeah. I guess this is the cherry on top right here. You are defined, your worth is defined by a God that shows his love by giving you pain. That's your worth. And it can include happiness. That doesn't, you know... People yeah. are happy. Mm-hmm. But if you believe in a God, your definition of how they see you is how much suffering you also have as well as the happiness mm-hmm. that without them giving you that suffering that you're nothing, then that's I th- that's a great starting point to be like, wait a minute, this, this a bit fucked up here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so what benefits us most, God's presence or God's absence? Yeah. Well, yeah. For me, it's been God's absence. Thank you. 
Yeah, and, you know, people would define that, well, what type of God do you mean? Are you talking about the Christian God? Are you talking about, you know, and, well, yeah, that's that's the only God I can talk about with any level of understanding at all, because I was in a Christianity-based church, so that's the a, God a I Christian, was, A Christian yeah. break-off, I would probably be yeah, the better, uh, Christ- <laughs> because a, they're not really even Protestant. Christian. Protestant break-off, right? What? Um, you don't believe in men on the moon? What? Uh, if they're dressed like David, Amish. that was said a while ago. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it only matters what the prophets uh, say today. And I said unless, that myself. Oh, my God. You know, and and they, unless they decide to quote... Brigham Young in a general conference talk to help make their point, uh, well, then Mitch, it's not disavowed. But it, Mitch, you know. those are only quotes when Brigham was speaking as a prophet instead of as a man. Oh, you're Come right. You're right. you're right. I mean, I'm those, still learning. I'm those still were learning. The, there were those weird as fuck things that he said in conference and actually in the temple. But and, you're supposed yes. to know through the spirit Temple that he meetings. was still speaking yeah. as a man in those rare instances, Mitch. I mean, come on. Do you have the spirit or not? I mean, at the at the time, he wasn't. At the time, he was speaking as the, the prophet of God. But it was, uh, you know, later after he died, we just all concluded that he was speaking as a man. You're, you're splitting straws there, Mitch. I mean, yeah, no, come on. Sorry, Look, sorry. Mitch, I'm thinking Mitch, too much. I'm relying back. on my own wisdom again. God Mitch, damn it. do you have a testimony or what? That's what he I want to know. He just got back from the Hotel Utah, and he was smashed. He was stuckered. Now, I would invite our listening audience, and I know you two brethren have at least looked at Buddhism. Yep. And I have. That was one the, of the causes of suffering, yeah. attachment, and repulsion. Yes. And I think there's great wisdom there. Of course, there in is. In terms of how we actually and realistically can relieve suffering. Yes. in our lives. I'm glad yes. you brought that up. That was uh, one of the ways that I was going to recommend we wrap it up is what are some healthier ways of looking at suffering, right? Yeah, if you definitely. are knowledgeable Buddhism. or experienced with what we've talked about in the episode, you you know the whole Mormon spiel around suffering as we have explained here and reviewed. Okay, not healthy, not productive. What is healthier? What is productive? I have to agree. That's one concept. As I've looked at Buddhists, you know, beliefs around the concept of suffering, and I'll tell you one of the most freeing, empowering things that I discovered as I studied that concept within Buddhism. David, we've talked about this several times before. I think Mitch, we've talked about it as well. There's this magical thing that happens in the human psyche that is intrinsically tied to things that you fight or attach yourself to and and fighting is is a type of attachment and there that are, that which yeah. you resist persists yes, that's right you've brought that up before it's a great phrase and one of the th- core concepts of the buddhist view of suffering is just that it doesn't even have to be quote unquote suffering this concept of attachment in all of its flavors, right? So if you're trying to get a better perspective of something, if you're trying to overcome something, if you're trying to empower yourself in a certain way, you stop fighting that thing and you accept that thing as simply a part of your experience, a part of your life, a part of you. And And you ultimately let it go. 
and uh, yeah. which is uh, it yeah. sounds so easy yeah yeah because that escapes the human psyche what do you mean just let it go this thing has mm. fucking dominated my life for whatever years yeah and you're saying ultimately i'm just supposed to let it go yeah yeah because <laughs> struggling yeah. with it and fighting it is part of attachment as yeah. as strange as that is, right? It's interesting. There's this weird empowerment when you stop fighting, when you stop being attached. And, you know, it's magical. It really is. That which has my attention has me. That's right. I think that that's right. It, along these lines, because I completely agree with everything uh, that's been said about Buddhist practices. And, and I'm actually looking into that as well on my faith journey. I've been practicing it for 13, 14 years. I don't know. It's part of my recovery for Mormonism, quite frankly, it was to not only explore, but to adapt some of the aspects of Buddhism, some of the, the methods, uh, some of the, you know, I already talked about uh, meditation, Mm -hmm. but even more so some other things like Taoism. Taoism is like a a condensed form of Buddhism. That's some Mm -hmm. of the most beautiful teachings I've ever heard in my life. And instead of hundreds of thousands of conference talks, it's all in one little pamphlet. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's called the Tao Te Ching. Yeah, Tao Te Ching. The toxicity of that teaching of suffering of this elite eliticism of like mm. we're we're suffering or i or i'm being tested or whatever whatever the reasons it takes away personal responsibility mm-hmm. there it goes back to that some, there it goes. We, yep. we automatically try to put it either to some test for reward or that we've made a mistake but mm-hmm. maybe that's even a test but we you know, we'll take responsibility to a certain point, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about responsibilities of our fucking emotions. Mm-hmm. Suffering mm-hmm. causes, but emotions. You get angry, you get depressed, you get sad, you, you feel turmoil. Mm. And in my opinion, these teachings among others, but especially the Mormon church is so toxic because pushes you to not listen to yourself, to not embrace those again, emotions. Again, that not, comes up, yes. To go, you know what, I'm suffering, that's life. And instead of pushing this away to try for some, chalk it up to whatever, if it's a test or if it's mm. because uh, I sinned because of whatever, X, Y, Z. What if it's just because life happens, whether you were a part of it or not? Mm-hmm. The fact is, is what you guys were saying, you are a part of it. If you're feeling that, that's your valid experience. Embrace it, but not, you know, you don't embrace it to like hang on to it. You embrace it, no. the experience and go, you know what? I, I feel shitty today. Yeah. Because this happened yeah. to me. Right. And let yourself feel that. So take one of the misunderstandings with, with Eastern philosophies is that it's a passivity, that it's, oh, I'm just uh, like a, you know, a leaf in the wind or a, a seaweed in the, in whatever. Uh, flets them and jops them, jab whatever. I'm just driven by every tide and every, Mm-mm. and I'm just, oh, but I'm going with the flow, man. No, you, no, yeah. that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, I'm actually talking about taking a stand, as you just said, Mitch, uh, and 
uh, taking responsibility, being here in the moment and saying, yeah, you know, this really sucks. Maybe what I'm going through. Let me look at the possible causes. Are they out of my hands? Maybe they are. Did I create them? If I did, let me address that. Mm-hmm. If they're out of my hands, how effectively can I just go with it and just until it's secession? Yeah, yeah, you know. And you're you're talking about all these different philosophies um, that people have brought yeah. up and and given yeah. different labels, right? The label of internalizing versus externalizing, and right. the labels of ownership, responsibility, as we've come back to several episodes now we've talked about this idea of personal responsibility and how heavy of a word that can feel to people because when they hear a word like responsible oh duty obligation you know it can feel like this load uh no it just means owning it and that's part of the gaslighting back to your point mitch when we don't internalize and own our own emotions and our own experience we're essentially lying to ourselves because whether mm-hmm. we want that to it be is. the case or not, it is our experience. It is our emotion. Yeah, yeah. It is yeah. our suffering. And so, so you know, yeah, it, yeah. It is a for, it's a form of self-deception. That's for right. Sure. It's a form of self-deception. When, when you, and, yeah. and when you own that and you're just like, you know what? Good, bad, and different. I own this. Oh, my God. The empowerment that already begins, right? Because you're simply being honest with yourself you're living, that's part of living an authentic experience, right? And there's and, enough, yeah. there's also enough, even if we take the route of like, I caused this suffering, mm-hmm. there's enough natural guilt and shame that already comes because that's what we, we and we want to do better. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Without, without a God. Here, we want to yeah. do better. We want it. We want to try. Yeah. yeah. We make a mistake. We recognize it and, yeah. or we recognize we need to get help. Yeah, on recognition. We don't need we don't need the shame of some god or bishop or some guy saying, "Hey, listen, you." And and that's it. Could go so many ways. Like now, now we're diving into like the suffering of. Oh, I masturbated. I feel the sins upon me, and I need to go to my bishop. Well, and then remember all of that mindfuckery, right? Masturbation alone, any sin, right? When you do, you repent, you're forgiven, blah, blah, blah. And then the mindfuckery that was taught, I'm sure you guys heard this uh, growing up of, oh, by the way, if you do that sin again, even though it's been forgiven, all All the the other sins sins come back. Come back. There's a nice, mm. there's a nice philosophy. Now that's a loving father in heaven. Right? But weren't we Thank taught you. in this verse over here that when you repent, he literally forgets, like he and I remember me. them. No I remember more. them no more, except when you do it again. I missed that part. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I mean, you know, I you're repented, just. I repented for God. masturbating, and then Damn you know, it, the Michael. next week, yeah. God forgot, and then. Two years yeah. later, he's he was dementia. like, oh, you just he just did it again. Oh, my God, I'm remembering how many dementia. times he's done it. Look, Jesus oh. was just talking to me about this. It, the golf tournament's on again. You guys know. We've talked about it. And God has dementia. Look, he played hole number four three times and swore that he only played it once. And he took the hmm. lowest of the three scores, right? So, And Jesus oh, just shit. has to chalk it up to dementia. He's like the old man. I love him. You know, he he's going to, you know. <laughs> I mean, 
So I would encourage to check out Mr. Deity on the subject of suffering. He's got four episodes. (laughs) It's fucking fantastic. This guy, I I don't know. He seems almost like a savant. He's so damn intelligent and his arguments are bulletproof. Yes, they are. I'm squirming in my chair. I got to piss. All right. Well, on that note, Love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.